0: Welcome to the East Meets West podcast, a positive and safe space to connect and inspire our community and each other as Asian Australians through interesting conversations and personal stories. I'm Cindy. I'm Jenny. And I'm Claire. So I really wanted to talk about this
1: feeling of being left behind in your early 20s. I feel like this topic is often discussed more by people in their 30s or 40s because by that time, I guess, if you're not um, married or having kids, then it's pretty clear the lifestyle you're living is very different to your peers. However, I know that feeling behind is something that a lot of us in our early 20s struggle with, and especially now with COVID essentially putting our lives into limbo, it can feel like you're getting nowhere. I'm curious to know, is this something that you guys resonate with?
2: Yes, absolutely. Surely everyone can resonate with that, right? Or have experienced it at least once throughout their mm, 20s. Yeah. I know for myself, I don't have a specific moment where I feel like I experienced feeling behind it. But I feel like that's only because i followed like a really stereotypical path that we're told to follow as Asian Australians. Mm, so yeah. for example, <laughs> like in primary school, you know, we go to tuition and we're told to get a scholarship for like a selective school, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then in high the school, Yes, I did. We have to Always learn an instrument piano or the yeah. violin. Yeah, legit. And then in high school, we go to uni, and then uni to a grad job. So because of it, the way that I approach a lot of my goals and really gauge my success is by creating and following a timeline of certain things that I want to achieve before a certain age. So that mm. could be like career goals, or like even marriage and kids. Mm. Um, and you know that meme. Where it's like, oh, if I want to get married at 26 and have kids by 28. Oh yeah. And then I have to date him for like three years and then live with calculate. him for a year. Yeah. I should have yeah. started
1: yesterday.
2: Yeah, I should have met him yesterday. That's definitely like the meme that describes my life. But I feel like <laughs> but I definitely have conflicting sides about, you know, feeling behind in my twenties. One side of me is really controlled and I have a set idea of how I want to live my life and, you know, the quality of life Mm, that I want. So it would make sense to set goals. But then the other Mm. side wants to be, like, really spontaneous and travel. as Like YOLO. Go with the flow. (laughs) But, like, I also know that my life in five to ten years could be, like, completely different from where I am now Mm, in terms of my career and passions, right? So if Mm. I, like, know that I want... To live spontaneously, like I just said, and like travel for work or for leisure, then I feel like it doesn't really make sense for me to give myself like a set timeline. So Mm, it's like really conflicting for me because I feel like I'm giving myself unnecessary pressure.
1: Yeah. And it's like, where did these
2: timelines even come from? Like, Like they've just always been in my head. But like, who even told me that I need to achieve certain things, right? So I'm always telling friends, even Jenny, I'm always like, oh, you should follow your own path or like make your own timeline. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm that one person that like never follows my own advice.
0: Like internally, like no one tells you to do something when you're the one that's always the person that everyone goes to.
2: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like. No one's telling me that I need to achieve a certain thing before a certain age. But for some reason, I feel like it's just an expectation that you have for yourself or Mm. something that you grow up knowing that you should probably be doing it at a certain age. So my fear is not really falling behind others, but more so in making the wrong choices, Mm. which would cause me to fall behind and have to start over. But at the
1: same time, like you kind of said that you could be in a totally different place in five to ten years. So Yeah. I, I, so
2: yeah. like how can I be open to like a potential career change, but also be so scared to like drop everything yeah. that I've worked for towards one direction. And I feel like when you have really big goals, you can't expect to realistically achieve them Overnight. within a time frame, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's not like when we turn 30, we suddenly like stop achieving things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's even, like, this concept of, like, live fast, die young. I feel like, especially um with what we see in the media, it's all these, like, rich and young and successful people. And they're all, like, achieving all these life milestones in their early 20s. Whereas in reality, that's just, that's just not realistic yeah, at all. Houses. Like, who the fuck? Yeah, like, who do you know? in their early 20s who are buying houses, except for Cindy, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's not realistic to use that as your measuring stick for success. Exactly.
2: Like, I never know when I'm going to achieve these things. But the flaw of it is that I become so set on these goals Like, once I was having a bit of a breakdown, like, as you do. And then my boyfriend, (laughs) he was like to me, you're so set on these goals and, like, the things that you're trying to achieve before a certain time that Mm. you're not even enjoying, like, the process of getting there. Like, you're just letting it consume you. And I was like, that's so true. Like, if I want to achieve something, like, shouldn't I enjoy the entire process that it takes to get there?
0: What a wise guy. I know, such wisdom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but so far my life has followed like what's to be expected of a uni graduate right so moving on to a graduate job and things like that but cindy you recently made like a pretty big decision that was not only surprising for me and jenny but also (laughs) to a lot of people in their early 20s yeah
1: yeah so like she she bought a house
0: (laughs) This bitch bought a house. Yeah, so I did, Um, but I'll give you guys (laughs) a quick background information about that. I actually grew up with parents who gave birth to me when they were in their early 40s. So they didn't speak much English when they came to Australia. And we were from a very low income background. And going up from that, as well as being the only child, I placed a lot of pressure on myself to become successful so that I didn't have to worry so much about money and having the capacity to support myself plus them later on in the future as well. And This meant that I wanted to match up with everything else that everyone else was doing. So I definitely felt a lot of FOMO growing up when I didn't feel up to par with my peers in terms of like, oh, like my Asian Australian friend, you know, got into this selective school. I didn't get in. Oh, shit. What do I do now? I felt that like a lot. And then... I think once I actually got into, you know, the exact same uni as them and everything, I came to realise like, oh, it wasn't really about where I went. It was more my attitude going Mm. through to it. And then when I graduated again, I felt the FOMO because I came out, graduated from uni without a grad job. And I felt really lost at that point, which is why I felt the FOMO and I think what Like, reflecting back now, what happened was I didn't put the 150% that I normally do. And I talked about it a lot with Claire, like, why am I always getting rejected um, with, you know, the jobs that I'm applying for and everything? And Claire kind of said to me, it doesn't seem like you're putting as much effort as you
2: claim yeah, like I feel like um at that time you were really upset because you know it's just rejection yeah. from something that you wanted to achieve but now when we look back at it none of the grad programs were specifically something that you actually wanted to do so yeah. maybe you're just doing it because you felt like that was the next step yeah. but I know that you have like a job that you love now which is like already in an mm-hmm. industry that gives you so much opportunity it doesn't make sense that You know, we put so much weight on, like, just the grad job. Yeah,
0: just the title of having a grad job. So I guess because, like, everyone else around me had – like locked something in. I was chasing that typical good dream for so long, and I never really stopped and reflected why I was so upset and not happy for people around me um, who told me that that I was already doing good for myself. And like as Claire said, I currently do already work in an office job. I work for one of the biggest banks in Australia, and I make a difference to people's lives every single day. I don't see why I was being so upset this whole time over a job that I didn't even know if I would like for, you know, something that wouldn't fulfil me as much as I think it probably would. I know that just because it didn't have the graduate job title doesn't mean – much yeah it doesn't mean like it's less worthwhile or less important. and i mean i'm getting good hours i'm not working you know super super long hours and i'm getting paid really well for what i do so you know after hustling since i've been legally able to work um and balancing school this is definitely a job that is really stable for me and something that i already enjoy so With that being said, I have always had financial goals for myself and savings plans in place because I've always been working since I... Oh my gosh, Cindy's been working so much.
1: I remember when I (laughs) met her in first year, she was like the manager of like, a low visa. Visa star. Yeah. yeah like wait I was, you
0: like 18 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I was a third in charge um back then at a, a fashion jewelry store so they gave me a lot of opportunities but then you know when I got into uni I decided to move on to um more of a kind of professional office job um and you know from there I've saved quite a lot of money for myself and I actually ended up putting down a deposit with my partner earlier this year um, Ooh, yay. <laughs> yeah they bought a property yeah so and how old are you I'm 22 and my partner's oh my 23 God if you didn't have that job, you wouldn't
1: be where you are right now. And because of that job, you, you bought a house, got a house. <laughs> you, you made your you biggest life purchase that a lot of people, you know, don't get to have until they're like in their 30s. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, coming from that, being at the bank actually really helped me set out my financial goals and savings plans. And I think because I hustled like that, I focused so hard on hustling and studying, I actually forgot about what made me happy um, until, Mm. you know, similar to Claire, my partner said to me, let's just live in the moment and see where things get for us. Because being so future orientated meant that I never really like stopped for a moment and like thought about, is this really what you want or are you just following everything else that your peers are taking Mm. so that's when we started saving to actually go overseas for a few months when I graduated with all of the money but Mm. (laughs) when COVID hit our plans actually you know died just like everyone else's travel plans died as well (laughs) Um, and what this meant was we had you know a bunch of money sitting in the bank that was gaining little to no interest at all and this was also when house prices were dropping dropping so um that brings us to our decision on purchasing a property and i mean it's a tiny place for someone who came from nothing and wanted to achieve this goal by 22 um, with someone i love definitely is an absolute dream Um, and it kind of shows how life just doesn't always pan out the way we always want and I mean I'm like always forever grateful to you know everyone around me and like my boyfriend his parents his family my parents and my family for always supporting the way they have been as well as like my friends who have you know through this past year as well said to me like why are you chasing this kind of dream that you don't actually want and they kind of saw through it as well so it's definitely something that I think people who are struggling right now to get a grad job should probably stop and think about before they continue on just throwing their applications out
2: there. yeah Yeah. so true it just shows that you know everyone has their own timeline and different things that they focus on like literally at different times right so all three of us Mm -hmm. were focusing on very different things and cindy we always knew that you like value stability yeah so a house Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense but then jenny comes along this girl that has yeah, $200 so, uh, in her savings from traveling. Yeah, and what did you decide, Jenny?
1: Um, okay, so when Cindy told me she bought a house with her boyfriend, I got mad FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know why, but I had this tunnel vision that I needed to have a house. Like I had followed this set timeline that I had, you know, kind of like Claire built into yeah. my life where I, you know, had to graduate from high school, get into a good uni graduate from uni get a grad job buy a house get married have kids (laughs) die um yeah die and like that's it (laughs) but yeah like so I had completed most of that up to this stage so I had you know graduated high school I had gone to uni I had gotten a grad job so I was like you know what that's the only thing you're missing (laughs) I need a house (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's the only thing I'm missing. After I have that, everything will be fine. Like all my life's problems will be solved. Like I will have financial stability. I will go to heaven. Like this will this it's just amazing. Life's um done. But it's, yeah, life's done.
2: <laughs> it's so funny that you thought that because like I don't you never yeah. once talked about like even wanting a house or like needing a house yeah. and then suddenly like this yeah. comes up and you're like, I need one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How crazy is that? Because like Claire said, like, we all have different timelines. And while Cindy really values financial stability, I didn't even, like, stop for a moment to think about how a house will definitely not (laughs) fit into my timeline. Like, I wanted to travel. I love traveling. And I, like, as Claire said, I came back from my Singapore exchange with, like, $200 in my life savings because, unlike Cindy, I'm probably the type of person who will risk my entire life savings for the trip of a lifetime. Like I don't really, it's bad, but I feel like I don't really plan that far ahead for the Mm. future. Um, I kind of like want to live life in the moment as much as I can, but I don't know why in this instance, I was so set on having that house. I think for me, it was just a representation of accomplishment and adulthood and having your shit together because you know and to an extent that is because if you do have a house it means that you can save and you can convince a bank that you can (laughs) save so you know in a sense you are an adult but I realized that simply having a house doesn't mean financial stability in fact it means Um, more commitment and less freedom because now that you have a big ass mortgage which is basically like a really big debt um, you can't have all the freedom that you had you can't go traveling whenever you feel like it at a drop of the hat.
2: I remember telling you like Do you really want a house but not be able to do like so many of the other things you want to do in your 20s? Like, what's the point of that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, in the end, like, isn't having a house like a net positive to your life? Like, it's supposed to contribute something to your life. But for me, if I had bought a house right now, it would actually be taking away. Like, I would be struggling struggling. living on like two minute noodles (laughs) every single day because I can't actually afford a house. It doesn't fit into my lifestyle. won't be able to maintain the same standard of living as I had if I had put down like that deposit for like, you know, a million dollar house right now. Like it's just not, it's just not like, it's not good for my life and where I want to go. Um, and I think in the end I, I looked back upon why I felt like I needed to have this house and it came from a place of needing to seek validation um, from my family and from my peers that I was progressing forward. I think especially growing up in an Asian society and coming from an Asian family, signs of material wealth are very important in our yeah, culture. Exactly. So, you know, our family likes to brag about, you know, your you know son or daughter going to this specific prestigious uni they bought this luxury car they you know will wear this handbag when they go outside and they bought this house in this neighborhood like material wealth is very I guess um, Mm -hmm. important in Chinese culture at least Like on top of that, I wasn't in a good mental state during this time when Cindy told me she bought a house (laughs) Um, because I had just started my first full-time job out of uni and, you know, I had this, I had this idea in my mind that I was going to become this like cool businesswoman when I went into my first career. But, you know, COVID hit and while plans got thrown into the trash, I was, instead of becoming This, you know, cool businesswoman who was strutting around the office in my high heels. (laughs) I was actually lounging around at home in my sweatpants, like feeling like I'm regressing, you know. I felt like I wasn't making that progress I wanted in my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I mean, coming from that, like you buying a house now, like the way that you normally handle your life, so like... I guess, out of the blue, you'll just go like overseas just for a weekend or something like that. Like, it's not something that you can do
2: if you did have a house. So yeah. Yeah. Cindy, do you have any like regrets after that whole process? Do you feel like maybe buying a house has like limited you from doing like some of the things that maybe other 20 year olds would be doing?
0: No and yes. The reason why I'm saying that is because, so we were actually looking for a house for at least a year and a half. It was like an on and off thing. Sometimes it was like a thought and then we were like, oh, but this place is like, we really want there. And then, yeah, when COVID hit and we actually found the place and we were in the talks with the agent, we were about to sign, it really hit me. I was like, oh my god I'm buying a yeah I was like oh my god I'm, <laughs> I'm signing this like is this real and I think like why I like thought like that was because of commitment because I I mean I know that I'm so young and I haven't experienced everything yet yet I'm signing my life away to mm. you know negative however much k um that place costed me but it was kind of like I questioned my boyfriend and we definitely talked about it. He, um, He's an accountant, so he, like, reassured me with his Excel spreadsheet and <laughs> calculations. Um, and he was kind of like, oh, like, you know, if we pay – mortgage of this much you know we still can live our life the way we are so I think the most important thing is being able to purchase a place that you like that is affordable to you and also being able to still maintain your standard of living that was Mm. what Like, made me not regret getting the house because I know that I definitely still want to, you know, go to parties and go overseas and like live my life. But I'm also a strong planner. I'm not like Jenny, that is kind of like, Like, this week, I'm thinking about going to, you know, Hawaii, and then next week, I actually go and book tickets. Like, it takes me, yeah, like, it takes me months and months to actually decide, like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll go.
2: Yeah, so basically, you should just, if you're going to buy a house, plan like Cindy, and, like, don't do a Jenny. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Essentially.
2: Yeah, so when I first heard about Jenny talking this way about wanting to purchase a house without even, you know, wanting one or needing one, I started to wonder why I feel this sort of pressure to achieve these big goals. So from an Asian-Australian perspective, I can see how it might be something that's more deeply rooted within our culture, yeah. but I also think more broadly as, you know, people in our 20s and the idea of influence, we obviously think about social media, right? So for some context, um, I have parents who are very supportive and unlike typical Asian parents. Like Cindy, I'm an only child. So I feel like you might expect an Asian only child to feel a lot of pressure since there's no like test siblings that Mm. the parents can do like trial (laughs) and error on, right? (laughs) You heard it, Jenny. (laughs) I was the test test (laughs) sibling. Yeah, as the oldest, you're the test. Um, but that wasn't the case for me. So it might be like an only child syndrome thing, but I feel like because there was only one, they were very forgiving and like open to whatever path I wanted to take. But sort of because of that, the pressure that I felt always came from myself and like the sort of media that I exposed myself to. I feel like social media and media in general can really shape the type of lifestyle that I'm hoping to live or at least the things that I want to achieve and Mm. the material items that I want to own. Yeah. Um, This sounds really trashy, but I actually really love like reality TV. (laughs) Who doesn't? Buried at First Sight, like Big Brother, Love Island. Bachelor. Bachelor, Kardashians, like I watch it all. And I wouldn't really say that like I'm really impressionable. And I do take these shows at like surface level, Mm. but I'm watching Farmer Wants a Wife right now. And I feel like (laughs) even that's making me think that like farm life is like than life. Oh
1: my god you're like one of <laughs> those oh cottage god. core bitches yeah, I'm like,
2: <laughs> um, maybe i should just like marry a farmer and like forget all my problems oh my god yeah. and then like on top of that you have regular social media right so you have like instagram and like facebook snapchat and everything and i feel like the title social media influencer has even become like a job description Mm. so people are paid to literally display the best parts of their life Mm. so it's sort of unavoidable to be like influenced one way or another for example like i don't know about you guys but on my feed sometimes i see people standing in front of the houses that they buy or like a car that Mm. they just bought and they're just like
1: oh or like you know, fashion influences with their million with like all their handbags yeah, like and design. The luxury shit. bags
2: as well. And then I'm just like, oh, maybe this is what I should be achieving. Like this is what yeah. I should be able to afford. Yeah. Yeah. At this age. But then you sort of have to understand that it's okay not to have that stuff. Like
1: it's not realistic at all.
2: Some people might hustle for it or they might even be like in a family situation that allows them Mm. to purchase that stuff. Yeah. When we look on like LinkedIn, it's meant to be like, networking platform right but you're also seeing like everyone you know stories (laughs) yeah and like getting promoted and stuff but you don't see like all the interviews that they go through or like every application that they get rejected from yeah so Mm -hmm. it's really taken me like the past two years to fully realize and like teach myself that social media is what people want you to see I'm just Mm. comparing like my average living at my parents' house in my bed, like that life compared to everyone's like high moments and their highlight reel. Exactly. Do you guys have a similar experience with social media, or do you feel like it's because of something more deeply rooted? So like maybe with the way that we were raised as like Asian Australians or like with our culture?
0: Um, for me, I grew up this kind of similar to the way Claire grew up where yeah. I was also the only child. So um, <laughs> The my, spoiled ones. Yeah, I was really spoiled, <laughs> um, not going to lie. <laughs> um, my parents supported me as best they could. That included like, you know, private tutoring. The thing is they never once pressured me um, the typical way that normal mm-hmm. Asian parents would um, because I think they saw how I pressured myself like they wanted me to be successful, but they also saw that I wanted to be successful. So um, yeah. they were really open-minded people about that. They never really stopped me from doing anything that I wanted to. Um, I wanted to actually, believe it or not, I asked them if I could learn the piano really up. so yeah oh my but, god you know the sure. reason <laughs> that was what that was what all uh, of us were forced yeah i got into. for like
2: years before no. i finally agree
0: so i like because you know what i saw like my cousins my older cousins my friends all learning it and i was like wait a minute why am i not like, <laughs> like I felt from, that yeah. you know and my parents were like you know like, piano lessons are expensive and i was like i want to learn and then <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so like, you know, that was kind of like how I'm saying, you know, I put that pressure on myself. So, <laughs> um, they like, you know, even going to birthday parties, they never once stopped me and they didn't ever control me about any type of social situation. Like I would go clubbing and they wouldn't be like you have to be back by this time or this time they kind of just let me live the life that I wanted mm. and they trusted me and knew that I wouldn't ever take advantage of that and you know even during high school my mom would try to suss out and be like oh, do you have any boyfriends yes. or anything? Like I was once 15 <laughs> and I was like, no, mum, I go to an all-girls school. Like what do you, you want from boys? me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And they were very easy going. So I don't think that it was ever because of you know, my parents pressure or anything, it was more so of me putting myself against my peers and pressuring Mm -hmm. myself in terms of that FOMO. But um, in terms of social media, I think very early on even going to an all-girls school we would have people come in and kind of do like all these motivational talks and everything and I would be that one kid that actually listened so (laughs) not me (laughs) yeah so what they always said was you know what people share is always just the positives because no one wants their egos shot down by Mm. sharing negative stories and that kind of made me realize like yeah no one wants to put themselves at a vulnerable place where they're sharing you know bad size so what is on social media is not always realistic and you don't know someone's story so you know that girl yeah. who posted that gucci bag did she buy it with her hard-earned money or maybe her parents yeah. bought it because she's lucky enough to have parents who can do that for yeah. her yeah exactly um definitely not something that Really influenced me, but you know, at times I do get sucked in, and I'm like, Oh, that girl's boyfriend bought her a Chanel bag, and I look to at my boyfriend it. and be like, What are you doing? And he was like, Oh my god, not gonna lie, I did that to my boyfriend. Too. No, but like as a joke, yeah, as exactly, a joke, never, yeah, like you, you would, you know, that it's not realistic, but you would still kind yeah. of be a little bit envious, but
2: yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm joking, but low-key, like...
1: Not <laughs> <laughs> low-key, like, yeah, I wouldn't be complaining if you did, so... <laughs> yeah, what about you, Jenny? Um, I feel like I, I, I can borrow a bit from both of your stories. I feel like... I definitely am influenced by social media, but I feel like for me, social media didn't define what professional success meant, but for me, social media defined what um, your beauty should mm-hmm. look like, like what, how you should look. It defined how you should look. That's a topic for another episode. But I think in terms of family I am different to you guys because I come from a family with four children and I'm the eldest in that family. So (laughs) I felt... Yeah, big yikes. Um, I felt pressure from my family as the eldest in an immigrant family and I felt like I had to succeed in every way to make my parents' sacrifice worth it because, you know, they packed everything up when they were in like their mid-20s and came here to, you know, start a better life for me. I also wanted to be a positive role model for my siblings. I felt like that every step I made, it was being scrutinized by my family, by my relatives back home, and also by my siblings as well, you know. If I did, didn't did do something right, then I was so scared, not just for myself, but also how will this impact, you know, how would this impact my siblings as they're growing up? Um, I felt like I had a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, in Chinese culture, we have this um, concept of saving face, also called nianzi, where you would actively try to avoid doing anything or saying anything that could bring shame to you or your family, even if if that meant going against your own values. If you don't know what um, saving face is, to differentiate it from the Western culture or the concept of guilt, you have to look at the Eastern and the Western value system. So, in the West, there is more emphasis placed on the individual having self esteem integrity, honesty, and not kind of caring about what others think of you and doing right by your own values is something that's really valued in Western society. Whereas in the East, we place value on community, on what others think of you and your social standing in that community. So in that sense um, western guilt is different because when you feel guilt that comes from a place of not matching up to what you think of yourself not doing what you think is right Whereas shame the Eastern concept of shame that comes from what others think of you. So when we think about that, you can kind of see why this concept of saving face was so important to me and how it kind of underpinned all my decisions and all my accomplishments. I felt like, you know, to an extent, a lot of the things that I strived for such as getting into a good uni and getting a grad job and wanting that house, it kind of, you know, came from this place of um, needing validation from others other people because I needed you know to bring honor to my family (laughs) (laughs) almost (laughs) like by doing that like it didn't come from a place of satisfying my own needs but it came from a place of
2: seeking validation from other people yeah I think in saying that like it just shows that we're like raised in a western environment right but these eastern like cultures and ways of thinking are like so deeply rooted in us Hopefully that's something that we'll definitely cover like more in depth maybe later it comes on. It's back to haunt us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and one last thing before we go. Feeling behind in your 20s is already something that people experience in a regular world, let alone a pandemic. I think the year so far and all the things that have been happening around the world has really made everybody at one point or another feel incredibly overwhelmed, helpless and wondering when they will see the light at the end of the tunnel. I just want to remind myself and everybody out there that you will get through this and it's okay to feel like you're not reaching the goals you set for yourself or to feel like you're not making any progress. The last couple of months have been especially tough on our bodies and on our minds. For someone like myself who is very achievement oriented and gets restless when um, I feel like I'm falling behind, it's okay to stop progressing forward and save your energy when you feel down. You're not lazy or unproductive, you are doing the best you can at this time with the resources that you have.
2: We hope you enjoyed this episode of East Meets West. The discussion is just getting started, so please show us some support by subscribing to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Yep,
1: and we also want to get to know you, so check us a follow on Instagram at East Meets West Podcast and make sure to join our Facebook group. It's a community of listeners of this podcast where you can discuss topics brought up in each episode with other people,
0: and all the links will be in the show notes. Lastly, feel free to email or DM us your thoughts and suggestions on what topics we should talk about next or just to have a chat because we're always there for that. We'll see you guys in the next one. And bye. bye.
1: Do, 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 Okay. I really wanted to talk about this feeling. Fuck. Let's do it again. <laughs> Fuck guys, I'm really drunk. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I'm like I feel like I just needed to get that out of my system. Okay, let's try again.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm surely that Yes, absolutely. Sure oh my god. Guys. Three.
1: <laughs> <Two>. <laughs> One.
0: Go.